Hey everyone, this is Lawrence Edmonton here with Wida Duncan from the Duncan Tree Foundation. This is our first episode. This is fun. We have a lot of smiling faces on our Zoom call. As we have our board members, Paul Jennings, Nathalie Hayward-Smith, and we also have our esteemed colleagues, Mrs. Jenny DeLeon, and we also have uh, Dr. Sheila Forrester joining us as well. So welcome to you all. Uh, welcome, Wida, to our inaugural episode. <laughs> How are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling great, thanks. How are you feeling? I'm feeling blessed and uh, in good company and really energized. I have a lot of uh, positive vibes right now that this will be something magnificent that we start. So this is the Duncan Tree Foundation's talk show. You know, um, Tell us a little bit about the Duncan Tree Foundation, how it started and, and how it's been going since it started. Well, I'll give you the 30 second version or maybe the 45 second version. So it started, it initially started coming out of my Bible college days and understanding that my, even if, if I'm in a dark place, that I'm responsible for my happiness. I'm, I'm responsible for my future. That regardless of what I've been through in the past, those things are no longer driving me. Those things are no longer determining the next step I'm going to take um, to, and then it kind of blew up when I, when I participated in the landmark education curriculum for living um, where I had to come together, I had to put a project together and enroll other people in the possibility of helping me put a project together. And I already had the idea for Duncan tree from my Bible college days and audibly hearing the voice of God say, I'm going to use you to help heal my people. And so I always say that, the Bible college let, laid the fuse and landmark lit the match. Could you say that again? That, what, what did the Lord say to you? That's the a Lord, powerful say, statement right there. The Lord said to me, I'm going to use you to help heal my people. Wow. Wow. If that is not a call to action, I don't know what is. And that's, that's powerful. You know? um, so having received that call, take us through the journey you know, what happened? What was your immediate, besides your immediate reaction, <laughs> right? You know, let us know what happened next and, and kind of how Duncan Tree Foundation became a reality out of that, you know, call to action. It was me submitting to the Lord's will and um, being obedient. And in spite of what I was going through, in spite of whatever storms I was going through, to put that aside and pick up that mantle and take action, right? Um, so what Landmark helped me do, Landmark really helped me to focus my energy. And mm -hmm. it helped me to understand that I can't, whatever it is I'm trying to do in my life, I can't do it alone. That I need help from, uh, from other people. Mm -hmm. and, and so I incorporated the, the foundation. Um, I applied for the 501c3 application. It usually takes about a year or so. We got it in less than three months. So, so a wow. lot of things just started lining up. Um, and the people that were in my immediate network, I knew that I needed an attorney. So I invited an attorney friend of mine to join, David Adams. I knew that I needed someone with a business background. And, and Natalie was kind enough to agree to join. I knew that I wanted some medical folks involved. So I invited my physical therapist and my acupuncturist. Um, and I also knew that I wanted young people involved. So 
I invited my daughter, Chanel, um, who I think she had finished Georgetown by then, and one of her colleagues from Hotchkiss. So that was the initial board. Um, and it took a while for us to gain clarity around, okay, exactly what is it that we're going to do? Um, but my, my desires, I had to be able to articulate them and make them right. cl- clear to people, right. this is what that we're doing. Right. So there, there are moments when I'm walking through the darkness and I don't know exactly where I'm going. So I always ask for guidance, you know, which way do you want me to go, God? Which way do you want me to go? And then, that, then he would send a, a person to help bring more clarity. Excellent, so, excellent. Let me ask you this, not to interrupt you. Why medical personnel? What was the first thing that you were tackling? What was okay. The f- so I remember the, that the journey that I had gone through, right? So that I, I was suffering some medical issues and that whatever healing was going to take place in other people's lives, it's things that I had gone through. So I knew that I had some physical challenges. So there was physical healing. I knew mm-hmm. that I had some mental challenges. So there was emotional and mental healing. I knew that I had some financial challenges. So, you know, how to help people deal with that as well. And spiritual healing, because that, to me, that was the, the covering. Mm-hmm. And so... That's powerful, by the way. Thank you. So I believe that, you know, the Man in the Mirror song is and it's such a powerful song because all healing starts with us first. Yes, it does. Amen. It does. I like what you said in terms of healing being very holistic, right? There's healing your emotional, mental state. There's healing your financial self and, and your well-being and your habits. There's healing the physical and the metaphysical as well, you know? So all of those things combined, I think, holistically is a different way of looking at healing than I've ever thought of, you know, because I think for me personally, if something was wrong, I try to fix that one thing without thinking of the holistic nature of healing until you just said what you just said. So this is very enlightening to me personally, Mm -hmm. just saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it, and it, sorry to interrupt, it goes back to what Jesus said to the man who was, he was crippled for 38 years. He asked him, do you want to be made whole? Mm-hmm. And it was hearing that because for me to be whole is for your entire being to be healthy, exactly. to, to, to be well. And wow. so and so that's where that came from. That's powerful. Very, 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 uh, very insightful. So help, help us understand. So the first thing you tackled was you started with the scoliosis. No. Um, or you did not start with scoliosis. OK, what did no. you, what did Dr. Tree Foundation start with? So Dr. Forrester enters the stage around the time that Duncan Tree is getting, getting its sea legs. And I joined the Jamaican diaspora movement. And then I became co-chair for the health sector. And my co-chair and I were talking to the council general about what the needs were in the community. Okay. And we had a three-hour brainstorm and we came up with prostate cancer as one of the biggest needs back then. Um, and, you know, my co-chair was thinking on a very small, very small community scale, and I was thinking on a global scale. Gotcha. So prostate cancer was where you, where you started. And yes. what, was, what was that like? And how did you move from prostate cancer to, to scoliosis? It started with 
being introduced to Sloan Kettering Cancer Center because they wanted a leg into the Jamaican community because Jamaican and African-American men had the highest incidence of prostate cancer. So long story short, I led the planning. I think Natalie was involved also. Basically, it was a dunk- I, I enrolled the Duncan Tree team in helping to lead the planning for I it. I see. And I then see. We, we planned a, um, a, a conference in March of 2010, a CME conference where medical personnel would get credits. And then they flew up people from Jamaica. Actually, Ms. Sheila came from Jamaica to present on behalf of the Ministry of Health. So that's how wow. we met. That is such a noble effort. I mean, just talking about who's mostly affected, right? African-American men, and we're probably the least likely to go check our prostate, you know? It's not fun to check for. <laughs> I've done two of them so far, and it's not fun. But thinking about what, what it means when you when you do it, and the, the, the upside is very positive. So that's something that today I think we need more awareness. So, you know, kudos to you and the team for starting with, with such a very um, – tough nut to crack, you know? Um, and then, so tell us what happened after that and how, and what took you on your next, you know, your so, next mission. So from that, we were introduced to NBC Connecticut. Yeah. They were having a health and wellness festival, an annual health and wellness festival in Hartford. So we participated um, over a three-year period um, and we did free screening. So Dr. Mallet, who will be joining the board, thank God, uh, shortly, he is a urologist and he would come up with us to Connecticut to do free prostate cancer screenings at the convention center. And wow. then that we got um, a pharmaceutical company to donate patient ed materials. Um, so each year they would, do- they would donate a 10 by 10 space and then they doubled it to 20 by 10. And then the third year it was a 30 by 10. So by the third year we were, we were doing talks on, you know, proper nutrition and, you know, self-care and so on. So during those three years, the second year, we heard about a girl named Lakeisha Houghton in Jamaica who needed implants for scoliosis surgery. And during that year, I was kind of asking around, you know, to my, my um, friends uh, who were in the medical industry, but no traction until the third year when we realized that we had to take a step back from what we were doing and seeing the impact that we were having or not having. And we decided to shift our focus to scoliosis then because we realized that there was a big need. I see. So you had to, you had to take a step backward to, to go forward. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And with scoliosis, how many missions have you done? And uh, what was, what's the net impact, would you say, over the course of what, 13 years? So over the course of our anniversary is coming up, so 14 years on the 28th of this month, um, our scoliosis mission started in March of 2012. So from then until March of last year, we did over 20 mission trips to Jamaica. And in the second year, we, we thought that it would be less of a burden for the people who lived in Montego Bay to come to Kingston because the people that we were supporting were the poorest of the poor. Even getting bus fare from Montego Bay to Kingston was an issue. I remember giving one grandmother a 10 US dollars to even give her a bus fare to get back home. So um, we wanted to take some of the, the financial pressure off of the families by offering the service, not only in Kingston, but in Montego Bay. And we did that. We did four mission trips to Cornwall Regional in, in Montego Bay. 
Wow, that's awesome. And then after that, you know, what 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 other country did you uh, look at after Jamaica, and why? So, so we started getting emails initially from the Philippines, and um, we had set up the criteria for the missions for people ages twelve to twenty. And the first person from the Philippines who reached out was twenty something, and um, so that person fell outside of the scope. And then six months later, we heard from a mother of a 12-year-old, and she was very persistent to the point where she was emailing me almost daily. And at that point, we already had um, surgeons um, on our team that were part of the Scoliosis Research Society, which is a very prestigious global medical society. And I reached out to one of them, and I said, who do you know that's already doing work in the Philippines? This mother is being very persistent, and I would like to give her some relief. Long story short, we started, you know, we, we planned a trip to the Philippines. I wasn't planning to go. Um, and the doctor that we were going to partner with, she said, well, why not? I said, well, I'm just going to help you get, get the implants, and I'm going to help you get the, the neuromonitoring, but I'm not planning to go. And the Spirit of God said to me, you're going. Wow. Look at that. And that the next day on my way to work and for the next two weeks, I would see signs on the side of the bus saying it's better in the Philippines. <laughs> no way. Are you kidding? For two weeks. It's no, it's more fun in the Philippines. And I was like, Lord, you have a huge sense of humor. <laughs> Long story short, Miss Sheila came on the first trip. We did five surgeries. We, we planned for five. We only did four because the young man that we're trying to help had um he had um, polyps in his spine. What was it, Mashila? He had, yeah, he had um, cancer tumors. He had tumors in his spinal cord and we couldn't help him. I see, I see. That's unfortunate. And, so, then... and since then, we've gone back five times. We've worked at the Southern Philippines Medical Center. We've mm -hmm. done 35 surgeries. We've also worked at the Tebow Cure Hospital, which is about a mile away from, from that main hospital. Gotcha. So, and that's with, that's Tim Tebow, right? Tim Tebow. He, he grew up in the Philippines and that part of the Philippines. So the impact, you know, close to 200 lives have been transformed. We've done a lot of teaching. So the, the mission of the organization is healing, teaching and empowering. Mm -hmm. The teaching part is doing um, continuing medical education lectures. So the residents, the nurses, physical therapists, blood, blood management people, pain management, all of those people have gotten trained. So over 300 medical professionals have benefited from our, our, our work to the point where the Scoliosis Research Society has identified, they've dubbed Kingston Public Hospital a center of excellence because of our work with Kingston Public Hospital. Kingston Public Hospital has set up a separate spine program because of our work there as well. Interesting. So as a result of you kind of your groundbreaking efforts, they they actually started to do something more, you know, long term, I guess. That's pretty that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So just checking your website, DuncanTreeFoundation.org, you know, I see that you have affected like over close to 200, 200 lives positively. That's that's amazing across the Philippines, Jamaica and Trinidad and Tobago. So that's that's pretty powerful stuff. Um, so you've done a lot, you know, what brings, what's next for Duncan Tree Foundation and, and uh, what brings you here today? 
what brings me here today is a 2009 strategic plan where I wrote down, start an online TV show. And what COVID has done for us is help us to pivot. So mm-hmm. in the, the last 12 months, the team has been planning an online TV series where we can take our message. I remember talking to Michelle about it and her face lit up when she said, Wida, I love this idea because we can have a bigger impact with less effort because only those people who've gone on mission trips really understand fully the amount of effort it takes to plan, execute, and actually go on these mission trips. Right. A um, lot, lot of, lot of physical and mental and financial capital. So to be able to, to, to spread our message of healing, teaching, empowerment, we can use our online platform and we can use previous images from the things that we've done in the past to, to uplift people of color. Nice. I love that. Uh, any final closing thoughts? And can you tell people where to find you on social media and on, on, the, on the internet? Well, the closing thought I want to share with people um, that with God, everything is possible. Mm-hmm. And that when he calls you, you need to listen. The road is not going necessarily but the race is not for the swift and the battle not for the strong. It's for those who endure. So just to keep your eyes focused on the prize, the prize is to, to, to be an instrument to help people who, who are not in the position to fully help themselves. And so I believe that this show, with the right level of support, we can, we can reach out to people who might be feeling lost who might be feeling broken in any of those four areas i mentioned earlier who don't have hope and who feel like their dreams are deferred and wouldn't it be nice for us to light a fire under their dreams and and help them come true that is beautiful and where can we find you online so our url is duncantreefoundation.org and our instagram handle is at duncantree and we're also on facebook the Duncan Tree Foundation. And we, we could donate directly to your cause from your website? Yes, you can correct? go to duncantreefoundation.org and donate. That is awesome. Well, Wida, thank you so much. Always a pleasure catching up with you and to seeing, you know, and seeing what, what you've been up to. And it's really exciting where Duncan Tree Foundation is heading. So thank well, you so much for your time. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate the questions. Very, very well done. All right. Thank you. Bye.